Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, February 11th, 2022, and this is day 1427 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you and praise you and honor you. Lord, thank you for being our sovereign God. Thank you for hearing our cries and wiping away our tears and comforting our hearts and helping us to know that it's going to be all right and uh, showing us the way we must go. I thank you for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is totally letting go. Totally. You know how we feel like I've let it go and then something happens and all of a sudden there that thing is again that you thought you let go. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Been there, done that <laughs> just recently. So I, I'm going to uh, be coming out of Second Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. And this is such a powerful, mighty woman of God. This Shunammite woman, oh my goodness, she holds a special place in my heart. Uh, so let's learn a little bit more about her. Second Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. <clears throat> and it says, one day Elisha went to Shunam. And a well-to-do woman was there, so she was wealthy, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. So she was, um, you know, very considerate and caring about others. So it says, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. So those were a couple of things that were pretty pivotal. It was important to have a child, especially a son, during those days to to carry on the legacy of the family when the husband died. Uh, And... Uh, And the husband being old could have meant that, you know, maybe he wasn't able to produce or, you know, the uh, uh, like he would as as a young man. Right. Uh, You know, that's what happens many times as we get older. We're not able to produce children anymore. Verse 15 says, then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway about this time. He says, oh, oh, I'm sorry. So about this time next year, Elisha said. You will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she re- she objected. 
Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant in the next year about that same time, gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. And that's how you know a true prophet. When a prophet tells you something, it should come to pass. If it doesn't, uh, maybe they're not a true prophet or maybe they slipped that time. All right. <laughs> Sometimes we can slip up. All right. So verse 18, the child grew and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. When she she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. You notice, she took him to the man of God's room, laid him there. So what faith, that's faith there. And she didn't even tell her husband. She knew there was an urgency. She shut the door behind her, which is a way to me of saying, I need to shut everything else out and I need to focus. And that is exactly what she did. So she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you well? Are, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in a bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Mm, doesn't that let you know about a suppressed issue? Something that happened to her that made her feel this way? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. He's saying it's urgent. Go quickly, quickly, quickly. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff of the laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door, again, shutting the door, on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. You see, it was important to shut the door because sometimes the way God will have you to do things or go about things, people will not understand. So you have to shut out all the clutter, all the noise. As he stretched himself out 
on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Seven is God's perfect number too. (laughs) Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. There is a whole lot of freedom that took place right here and deliverance. This woman had some things uh, that had harmed her in the past, something. And uh, she she still led a wonderful, uh, blessed life. She was wealthy. She she was self-sufficient to an extent, right? She trusted God. Uh, and, you know, she she was uh, really, to me, like a, a woman ahead of her time. Uh, she told her husband, I got this. Uh, you stay. Basically, uh, I'll go. And she was the one that said, let's build this room up here. Let's create this room. And the husband was like, okay. She spoke up for what she felt needed to be done and 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 also took action. So point number one, as we go through life's journey with the Lord guiding our steps, he'll reveal things to us that may be hurting us and hindering our ability to be fully present to fulfill our purpose to the fullest. It's usually something so deep-seated that we've suppressed and are not even aware of until something happens that triggers it. This beautiful, spirited, kind-hearted woman may have been hurt in the past. So when her child died, after she told the man of God to not mislead her, it triggered that suppressed hurt. By doing so, God allowed her to be free from that particular hurt and pain, which allowed her to fully enjoy life. What about you? What have you suppressed to shield yourself from repeat or repeated harm? Sometimes, you know, and I think this is just a natural thing built into our bodies that God created within us to protect us. But God is saying, I'm going to deliver you if you allow me to. He doesn't do anything against our will. That's the one thing God has no control over as a sovereign God. He gives us the the choice. He, He allows us to choose whether we're going to serve him or not, whether we're going to yield unto his will or if we're going to yield to our own will. And that is the key to allow his will to be done in our life. So let thy will be done. That is what that means. Point number two, God loves us so much that he allows us to experience things in our life, which will ultimately lead to our freedom if we trust him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is your day for deliverance so that you can embrace and joyfully experience 
everything God has for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Otherwise, you're stuck. You know, you're not able to grow beyond that certain point. That Shunammite woman was stuck. She was not able to grow beyond that last, that hurt that had been suppressed. And God says, I have greater things for you. I, I want you to excel and thrive. But in order to do so, I need to bring you out of this if you allow me to. This, this is what I feel God is saying to us. During a training recently, there was a lady. Uh, these were educators. And uh, we were doing our circle process and uh, sharing and she shared something so powerful. She said that, I think we were talking about a, a la the most recent meaningful conversation that you may have had with someone. And she shared that someone murdered her child. And when the time came to go to court, to face what she felt was a monster, uh, someone inhumane, she went. She was hurting deeply. And she said when she got to court, she saw this person, uh, it was a boy, a man or a young man. And she said he didn't look like a monster at all. She said he looked just like a human being. And she said, I was able to see him as someone else's son, just like my child was to me. And she said, I was able to let go of the bitterness and the anger and forgive. That was extremely powerful to me. And uh, we were just, all of us, you know, sitting there, maybe about 10 of us in this circle with tears and passion and understanding, I knew that she had been delivered and freed up. And so she's been a blessing to so many children in her school. And she's been doing the teaching, she said, for over 30 years. She said one day she was on the bus stop and there was this young man on the bus stop and uh, she looked and he was looking at her and she thought, oh my goodness, like what's going on here? Like, you know, you don't know what what's on that person's mind. And he said something to her, ma'am. And that's when she said, oh my goodness, what's up? And she said, yes. He said, are you Miss So-and-so from whatever school it was she was at? She said, yes. He said, I just want to let you know that you saved my life. I was in your classroom and you saved my life because I was headed to destruction. And that, she said, just blessed her heart so much. And it blessed all of us too in the, in the session, in the training session. So much comes out, you know, when we're doing these and, um, so for me, just the other day, this week, um, I got a phone call, but I'll say this first to you so you get an understanding. 
something happened to me recently. Um, let's see, it must have happened around September. Uh, we had gotten funding from a grantor and it was very exciting so that we could do transition zone, working with the youth and it's been a blessing. And uh, the grant was to start in June. So we did a lot of work in June preparing. Actually, it was close to $15,000 worth. Well, the grant was gonna cover that. And I have a fiscal agent, my old boss and the company I'm contracting with now, Center for Conflict Resolution. And uh, we were able to get the grant because uh, Annette, my old boss, agreed to be our fiscal agent because we did not have our 501c3 yet. And uh, so she was like our, basically like our co-signer. And she would also took it another step by fronting us the money we needed because we didn't have it so that we could get the food, the supplies and pay staff and pay our youth $100 a week. And for June, it was uh, close to $15,000. Well, the grant would reimburse her 